0: This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast eliminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. From the office and manufacturer of Syraclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location, this is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. For our guest today, we are honored and excited to welcome Aparna Patil. Aparna is a highly sought after architect builder in the Richmond region. She's well known for integrating the ancient principles of Vedic architecture in her designs without compromising the modern lifestyle of the 21st century. Aparna is the principal owner of Mansara Architecture and a licensed architect with experience of over 18 years. For more information, feel free to visit the website at mansara.biz. That's M-A-N-S-A-R-A dot biz. Aparna, thank you so much for being here. We're really happy you're here.
1: I'm so happy to be talking with you, Tom. It's wonderful to to see you.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Now, Aparna, we like to start our show off with uh, a quote or a prayer, a mantra. And uh, before we, we came on the show, you had two. And I'd love for you to share both of them because they absolutely resonate with you and your essence and, and the show itself.
1: Absolutely. The first one is, as an architect, space is divine. When I design, that is my concept. Space is divine. And it should be handled carefully. The second quote is by Albert Einstein, which I have in front of my desk, and it says, everything is energy, and that is all there is to it. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. Albert Einstein.
0: Wow. Share with us, Aparna, why those mean so much to you, both of them.
1: The first one, Tom, space is divine, is my concept that drives my philosophy when I design. And I think it comes from my culture growing up in India. Everything that we see around us is vibrational. It's all energy. Earth is suspended in space. Our galaxies, our universe, everything is suspended in space. So as an architect, I am enclosing this space in my walls, floor, and ceiling. So when I enclose the space, I'm enclosing the same divine space which has given birth to the trillions and trillions of stars and galaxies out there. And we don't know how all of that has come into existence. So space is a source of everything. And therefore I believe firmly space is divine and has the potential of transforming our lives if we have to handle it carefully and uh, give it the life that we do as designers and architects.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we could have multiple shows just on this. That sense of uh, divinity, is that something that uh, you've always had a, uh, a connection with?
1: I do. I I, I do, I do. And... Uh, Coming back from my culture, again, as I said earlier. Space is—it's—it's it's what gives us the sense of belonging to some place. When you visit, when you visit ancient structures, when you visit ancient temples, ancient churches, you feel—you feel that sense of belonging, the—the the sense of well-being. And I think that is because of the uh, magic or. The way the space has been handled, or treated rather, handled would be a very, uh, n- not a very honorable word to use, but the way the space has been treated, that what that, that's what makes us feel so special when you visit the ancient uh, monuments. If you visit India and if you visit some of the ancient temples, you feel the, that vibrational well-being within you. So yes, space is divine for me.
0: And... and... Going on that feeling, how do you think this is a really kind of a big question, but how do you think it keeps its timelessness?
1: Wow, wonderful. Oh, wonderful. See, for me, when I think of enclosing space, I think of it, I feel very humble that I'm handling the same energy which is holding all of the creation that is around us. And the timelessness is by the way I handle the natural daylight in my space. The way I um, allow the sunlight to filter through the different parts of the building from morning to evening and connecting with that outdoors through that natural daylight is my way of defining a timelessness, I would say, or a connection with the, with, the, with the outdoors.
0: I like that. The connection. Again, with that connection. How is it... I, I noticed your work, and there's um, attention to detail, but very uh, subtle and uh, sounds crazy especially on the podcast but with a sense of real care is that your approach or style or your training
1: my style approach or training i would say i would say all three because my okay. my training my culture has really trained me to be the architect that i am and my style is therefore defined by that culture that I bring with me, and this style I would define in uh, the way I define it is I like to I like to use natural daylight a lot. I like to play with light, natural sunlight, natural daylight, and that is what I, I meant. Space is divine because if when you bring in, when you touch the space, when you allow it to touch itself to the outdoors of the box that we are enclosing the space in, then that style is defined. You have natural daylight, you have skylights, you have fenestrations. And so my style is natural daylight and uh, open floor plans, lot of skylights, Uh, extreme details, but keeping it clean as much as possible, crisp, clean lines. So it's organic, it's modern, but it also has this essence of uh, the, the, the divinity that that space is divine and should be handled carefully. I have that. I have that always at the back of my mind when I'm designing.
0: Share with your audience today about the uh, vidic. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Architecture and how that is is very influential for you, and that you. You seem like you're you're into the mastery of it.
1: Um, well, Vedic is the ancient principles. Vedic means from the Vedas, from the period, from the ancient time of India. So the time frame is really thousands of years old, and it was during this time frame that several um, research research resource materials have come up in India, and architecture was one of them. And the defining characteristic of Vedic architecture is that number one, it follows the energy patterns of the earth. The belief is our earth being a living being and a living entity itself, vibrates and pulsates with energy, and it gives out energy, in the form of a grid pattern in the form and if you align the buildings to that grid then the occupants or we as humans we we become we establish a congruency to this energy field of earth and with this congruency in our lives things flow smoothly it establishes a feeling of well-being for us And this grid pattern in Vedic architecture is defined as a vastu purush mandala. So mandala is basically a framework. And within this framework, which is aligned to the Earth's energy grid, you design buildings. The second step is, according to Vedic architecture, is then to place the zones of the building according to the five elements of nature. And these five elements are air, water, fire, earth, and space. Space is the central part, it's the source of the four elements, the four gross elements. So space is a subtle element, and the four gross elements are fire, earth, air, um, and water. So. Based on this grid line, based on the five elements of nature, I then design and, when that, de- and that design then is also based on the pattern of the sun because it is, it is the way the sun travels in the sky from east to the south and sets in the west. That path of the sun has defined the placement of the four elements in that grid and then we place the functions of a house or an office or whatever based on that grid pattern. So if you, I think I have, I have written some of my blogs and there may be a, a diagram or two on my blog which will be able to uh, give a better idea because I know it, it, it becomes pretty, it sounds kind of new age, but it oh. is not. It's actually the ancient principles that we are discussing here. Uh, wow. Yeah, this is fascinating. Picture, it, it, it is very fascinating. It, it almost seems miraculous, magical, but this is just very scientific. It is based on the path of the sun and the way the four elements are then formed on which you place your different zones of the building. And it creates a wonderful ambience inside. You should see, you just see how, how wonderful light is filtered in and how nice it looks.
0: This is fascinating. And you're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast presented by Syraclad. We're talking today with Aparna Patil, Vedic architect. For more information, feel free to visit the website at mansara.biz. That's M-A-N-S-A-R-A dot biz. Aparna, what, uh, if you're at liberty to share with us, what recent projects are you working on uh, currently? If you sure. don't have to name names, but we'd love to hear some of your projects.
1: Okay. Okay. Lovely. Uh, well, one of the most important important for me, I, I would like to share. I'm we do residential and commercial work. I will share with you a residential project I'm working on. It's a, a 12,000 square feet home, uh, and uh, it is based on the principles of Vedic architecture. Some of the most important features of this home are, uh, it is oriented. Uh, Cardinally oriented to face north, and it also has entrances on east side. We have um, a lot of skylights, so the central space is open around which all the main functions of the house are located. The floor plans are open. There is a grand staircase that takes you from the first level to the second level, and the second level is master bedrooms. And we have two master bedrooms in this particular home, Uh, and the uh, site is on a a little elevated uh, kind of a topography, and we are preserving as many natural vegetation and trees as possible. So the footprint of the house is oriented cardinally, number one. Number two, uh, we are trying to use as many natural materials as possible, and three, the fenestration or the windows and the skylights have been strategically placed so that you have daylight in the house from morning to evening and without glare, without that, uh, the uncomfortable sunlight that sometimes we experience if the window is not placed correctly.
0: Wow. Wow. that project, something that you sought after, they sought after you? How, how do many of your clients yes. are, are most of my
1: Most of my clients are uh, through references. And uh, the, the way I like to work is I choose, well, I choose would not be a right word, but I, I like to work with clients who also enjoy the, the philosophy that I share for design. So I have, all of my clients are extremely engaged in the work. So we have a back and forth uh, communication meetings, dialogues, and that's how they, they come to me, through references. And this client was also referred to me and they came and we had a few meetings and they absolutely loved the, uh, the philosophy and my design style. And that's how we came together. So that is how all of my clients come to me. They come looking after me. So when I say sought after, they really, they really, they really come looking for me.
0: That's great. Now on your commercial projects, how, how I would think because you're so gracious that you would you would go through uh, design boards and community forums rather seamlessly. What's your experience with that?
1: No, I'm not sure. Can you ask the
0: question again? Sure, I would think with just your 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 presence, because it's very calming and very assuring that you would be you would go through design boards and community forums when they're when they're considering a project that they would they would feel like oh yes I like what our is <laughs> doing is is that true or am I stretching? It
1: really, it? I'm. Out i am involved in i am involved in community but not as uh, forums or design boards but i do give lectures and i do give talks but uh, for marketing i'm i would say i'm a little introvert so i would i would just uh, keep to my studio my designs and my clients and keeps me pretty busy uh, i'm involved in community uh, I, when it comes to giving lectures and uh, in different, uh, uh, what do you call it? community colleges, okay. I share my knowledge. I volunteer yeah. on a regular basis, but I'm not too involved in the local uh, architectural community. I should be, but I'm not.
0: Now, what's your exp- your your thoughts on the youth having a better understanding or appreciation of architecture?
1: Oh, it's important. It's really important because this is such a beautiful field and not many know of it, uh, number one. Number two, they have a lot of misconceptions when they think of architecture. I, I know several uh, young people approaching for internship programs and they find it, when they look at the work, they think it's very glamorous, very nice, which is, which is wonderful. But there is also the other side of the coin, the flip side, which is you need to be in the trenches and dirty your hands. Uh, you need to understand how wooden and glass is put together, how foundations are laid, and so all of that. Which I think, if the young generation knows of it well, they will be better equipped, and uh, we would be a good addition, also. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which your experience, I've noticed that you've been, um, you've done quite a few lectures. Uh, are those things? Are there? Are you invited to those, or do you seek them out as well, or a combination?
1: Both, both. Uh, for for instance, uh, in the local community areas, I give lectures on Vedic architecture. I talk of temple architecture. At the same time, the local AIA uh, mm-hmm. they approach. They had approached me last year to give a talk and lecture on the project that I had finished. I recently also have an invitation from uh, the AIA, which is American Institute of Architects, to give a talk uh, to, to which I need to, of course, fill out the form and give them a proposal. But I do receive uh, both its invitations and also uh, something that I give proposals myself to. So I, for, on an architectural basis, for architecture, I'm invited. But when it comes to temple architecture or Vedic architecture, which is not well known, I like to go and talk about it because it's such a fascinating subject for
0: me. Yeah, talk about what, where uh where you knew that that was the um, the sp- specific uh, form or way of architecture that you wanted to practice. What was it? Something that happened when you were younger uh, or during your schooling? How, how did you know this is the, this is the that uh, Vedic is going to be where you want to put your focus on energy practice.
1: sure sure yes my schooling has been in india five years of bachelor's in architecture then i went on to practice uh, I, I did urban planning so it was bachelors and then masters but all of this schooling fortunately unfortunately i learned a lot of western architects i learned about the western style of designing uh, growing up however in india i had these questions of how are the temples designed what were the principles that went behind them why is this space so soothing and why are we are we not you know uh, so in india most of the homes are designed using the traditional methods of design which is the vedic principles of design however in school we were not taught any of that that was the first thing of that was the first thing that drove my curiosity Secondly, when I came to the US uh, around uh, 20s, uh, I was um, involved in a project in my earlier firm, which was a temple project. And for that temple project, we had got a traditional architect. Was, he, he was invited to design this building using traditional principles of architecture, which was Vedic architecture. And that fascinated me, sent me on a journey of reading uh, understanding, and whatever I learned was was extremely, extremely interesting because this building, number one, was a lead project, it was a lead gold building and uh, was using all the sustainable principles of design, sustainable materials, uh, and at the same time, the principles that were applied to this design were the ancient principles of design, which when I read through, I understood. They have so much in common with lead principles. However, they also go a step further beyond, which is they define not only the materials, but also the space of the building. And that got me into reading, researching, and studying more about it. And I thought this would be a wonderful area to offer, to, to, to practice in and offer to my clients.
0: Excellent. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclade. Our public service announcement for today's show is for the um, Doctors Without Borders. They're an independent global movement providing medical aid where it's needed most around the world. For more information, you could find them at doctorswithoutborders.org. Again, doctorswithoutborders.org. We're talking today with Aparna Patil, Vedic architect. For more information, you can visit her website at mansara.biz. That's M-A-N-S-A-R-A dot biz. If you can go again, uh, Aparna, with the uh, uh, going a step beyond even lead, which sounds, <laughs> that's it's not the, uh, that it's so amazing, It's it's just incredible that it actually goes beyond what LEED establishes mm-hmm. itself as. Yes. Can you share yes. That?
1: yes, it does, it does. In LEED, we know that we follow, we use natural materials. So the emphasis is on specifications. Emphasis mm-hmm. also, of course, is on uh, saving water, on harvesting sunlight. on So it is passive design features as well as active design features for a particular building. In Vedic architecture, we are, we are following all those principles. In addition, what we are following is placement of the functions of a building according to the direction of the path of sunlight, which which defines, number one, the light that is coming inside the house. Number two, of course, because you define it by using windows, and you also then define the ambience of that particular room or that particular zone within the enclosure of a building so we are we are we are here also caring for the well-being of the occupants how are they going to feel how are they going to experience the space which is a very intangible uh, element brought into design because of the principles so this intangible uh, concept is what makes it so special.
0: I like the the intangible aspect of it. Can you share also what sustainability means to you since it's, it's, uh, although it's a relatively new uh, mandate and requirement, but it sounds like in the uh, architecture that you're familiar with, that it's actually thousands of years old. So share with us, you know, what sustainability means to you. Sustainability
1: for me means, of course, using natural materials, of course, using, um, you know, as much, as little footprint as you possibly can. That is one definition of sustainability. The second one for me is also using materials which are natural, like stone, uh, wood, or at the same time, orienting the building orientation of the building because if that is done correctly we are we are we are saving on our of course we are saving on the electric bills we are saving on the heating and the cooling mm-hmm. but with the with our modern hvac and all of that it it, it's, it still goes a step further when you have correct orientation of the building Preserving trees on the side also is important as a sustainability, uh, you know, step for me that I employ in my buildings, in the site when I design.
0: Okay. Yeah, what would you like to share with your audience today, uh, Aparna, that we may not have touched on in your show so far?
1: There is, uh, there is a lot to, uh, there's a lot to design and I think as architects, the responsibility is, it's, it's really huge because architects define the built environment. They design the built environment from whether it is a home, small garage, a shed to urban spaces. So it's, if it is done, I'm not, if it is done with a lot of care, we have the, we have the ability of influencing our influencing the lives of people, we have the ability to influence the life of the occupants, and I think this responsibility should. Um, I'm well. <laughs> yeah, this responsibility should be taken very seriously. Excellent. And, and then clients must be influenced to use natural uh, materials, to use sustainable. Uh, practices as much as possible.
0: Terrific. Aparna, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you on uh, the show today. Thank you very much for being here.
1: You're most welcome, Tom. It's wonderful talking to you.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Our guest today has been Aparna Patil. Aparna is a highly sought-after architect builder in the Richmond region and well-known for integrating the ancient principles of Vedic architecture in her designs, without compromising the modern lifestyle of the 21st century. Aparna is the principal owner of Mansara Architecture and a licensed architect with experience of over 18 years. You can find them on the web at mansara.biz. That's M-A-N-S-A-R-A dot biz. You've been listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Cereclat. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is recorded from the office of Clad in Redmond, Washington, and on location. The executive producer and host of the show is yours truly, Tom Diarro. Thank you.